It was a 21-play drive. I'm going to say this again because I witnessed it and still don't believe it. It was a 21-play drive that covered 91 official yards, but if you account for a 15-yard penalty that had to be overcome, it was 106 yards on 21 plays. Good morning to you. Good morning from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers 24, Panthers 16. Please spare me any and all nonsense related to Carolina being bad as if that's some sort of predominant factor here. It's not. These two teams entered this game with the same record. And the other team came in a game out of first place in its admittedly crappy division. But with, theoretically, a ton more motivation. And they'd been a very physical team all season long, and they'd averaged 156 yards of offense on the ground alone in their past three games. And your team hammered them punished them. I don't care what the final score was. I don't care about the other little things that led to it being tight at the end or were perceivedly tight at the end. Your team showed up here and dropped an anvil on their collective heads. That's a W, not just in terms of the final score. The Steelers played quite well here, and they did so in areas where they haven't of late. That's impressive. That's not something to be downplayed or diminished in any way. If you're one of those people who just wants to focus on Marcus Allen being an idiot as if news was broken on that front, then you go right ahead and wallow in that. Worse still, if you're one of those that wants to see them lose so that they can move up a couple of notches in the draft, as if that matters all that much, this is the team that moved up to get Devin Bush. I'm not even saying that as a shot at Bush as much as I am about the fickle nature of the draft because he was a consensus top guy in that class. But then you go ahead and wallow in that as well. This team needs to take strides forward. That's strides in the plural. There's a lot of things wrong with this team. There's a lot of holes, big holes, that have been drilled into this depth chart. And they need to overcome that, not just in the offseason, but right now. And this was I thought something meaningful in that regard. Both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. On the defensive side, again, the Panthers had been doing a ton of running. And all they pulled off in this game was 21 measly yards. 21 yards on 16 carries. 21 yards on 16 carries. Zero rushing first downs. Zero. That's not even dominant. I I don't have an adjective for that. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, 
Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. But where the Steelers really flexed their muscle, even more so, was in their own running of the football, I thought. In particular, the joint effort between Najee Harris and his offensive line. And I'm going to highlight that term, joint effort, because you'll recall that in the first few weeks of this season, whenever I was asking these guys, what's missing, what's wrong, and they would talk about how one little thing would misfire over here or over there, but it would affect something over here or over there. And then, even when everything would work, meaning with the line, and there'd be a hole, and there'd be everything going by the plan, Najee would go off the plan and run somewhere else because he just kind of felt like it, because that's how it went in college or whatever. And now you're not seeing that. Now you're seeing a real, kind of a dramatic word here, but symbiosis between running back and line that does not happen overnight. And you saw them produce together a 21-play drive. Here's what Najee had to say about that afterward. That was one thing I said coming to half. I said, you know, we got to come out, start fast, because, you know, sometimes we come out, start slow. So for us to take that much time off, we knew it was going to be a game of possessions because, you know, there was no running ball, we were going to run ball. So for it to come down to a game of possessions and us take off probably like, what, 11 minutes or something like that? Mm-hmm. We took off 11 minutes on the sideline after we put it in the end zone. I was just telling everybody, like, that's how you run the ball. That's how you control the clock and help out the defense because, um, you know, that, that's what we talked about going in. We knew it was going to be a possession in uh, the game. So I think we did a good job of executing that. 21 plays, and they just kept going. And then you're sure that Deontay Johnson's penalty, and it was him who added on to the Marcus Allen pile, was going to be the killer. Yeah, how, who overcomes a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty? Like the football gods will frown upon you just for having thought of doing something that dumb. In Deontay's case, it was a taunt. In Allen's case, I I don't even want to talk about that one. But they just kept going. There's credit to go around. And I'm not going to get into a complete list of everybody, but I'm going to mention a couple of guys in particular since I tend to be pretty rough on one of them and at least a little bit rough on the other. Matt Canada called a decent game. He did. That's not a side swipe for me by using decent instead of good or great or whatever. That's how I feel. If you get George Pickens involved, you know, for more than two catches, then we can talk about good or very good or whatever. It was decent. 21 plays, that's outstanding. Mitch Trubisky, again, this is somebody that I've been pretty down on. And all he did here was get through a game, no you know, particular splash. He had a deep ball to George. He was able to work a little bit in the deeper areas to Deontay. But for the most part, he was efficient. No interceptions. Ran some sneaks when they were appropriate and, and got the job done. It was a winning quarterback effort. But I'm sorry, beyond that is where I'm looking because... 
these guys got it done in the trenches. They got physical. They got a little nasty at times, as you saw. That was a Steelers kind of W. And for anybody who wants to complain about all the non-Steelers kind of stuff that we've seen this season, well, consider this one a step out of that. When we come back, J1Q. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers capital S, capital L for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing, the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Tom who says, look, if there's no Gunnar Olszewski muff against the Patriots, no blown 10-point lead against the Jets, and they pull out a very winnable game, I don't like where this is going, Tom, (laughs) against Miami. How differently would you feel about the current roster? And I'll be the first to admit there are some massive holes. Tom, uh, I wouldn't feel any differently except about one thing. And I'm being honest with you when I say this, that they would still be now necessarily more inclined to play for the now, to compete, to get into the playoffs, as opposed to what you're seeing, which is a just a teensy-weensy bit of rebuilding focus from Mike Tomlin. And by that, I mean what everybody means when they say this, which is that they turned to Kenny Pickett. As we saw here yesterday, there is a at least a reasonable chance that had Trubisky remained the quarterback uninterrupted throughout this season, maybe because of his experience, there would have been a faster incline for this offense because you wouldn't have had the offense and the rookie quarterback trying to figure stuff out. You wouldn't have had the rookie quarterback who, by the way, was thrown into the mix a quarter of the way into the season after not getting first team reps through training camp preseason or the first month of the regular season things might have gone more smoothly. However, that never mattered because this season, for the most part, never mattered, at least not in terms of, hey, let's go win a Super Bowl. And I got to tell you, as unsightly as this might sound, I, I haven't been thinking about that for a long, long time. And I definitely haven't revisited the games that you have, and I absolutely, positively would not look back and say, boy, I'd really be thinking about this roster differently because the roster exposes itself on both an individual and a collective basis, but primarily on the individual. Think about it this way. What did you really, really, really not like about yesterday's game here? The secondary, right? They were awful. 
They were awful. Always exempting Minka Fitzpatrick from this discussion, by the way. And and Terrell Edmonds, in fairness, was pushed up to the line a lot because the Steelers had been hell-bent on stopping the Panthers' running game and did so. But everybody else, and I mean everybody else, was getting their clocks cleaned. All of the corners go right down the list. Cam Sutton, James Pierre, everybody, everybody who lined up at that position was getting smoked. And they were getting smoked by Sam Darnold, who did make a lot of good passes. I especially liked his work early for Carolina. But come on, okay? It's Sam Darnold. And the amount of work that it appears the team has to do at that position, if not, you know, investing a first round pick in a corner, because that has helped some teams, especially those who've been blessed to have the really high picks. Since we were just speaking of the Jets, there's a lot to do here, and that applies Whether or not the Steelers would have won this game, the secondary still stunk. Nothing changes about that. As I was going back up to the press box following the open locker room session, I walked past Minka Fitzpatrick and just said, you know, something nice like, hey, you know, good job today or something like that. You know, just formal, cordial. And he looks at me and one eyebrow goes up and goes, what did I do? What did we do? And he meant the secondary. And he was right. I mean, good for him. Like, I didn't take it back and say, yeah, you're right. You stunk. But I got what he was saying. You know, I got it. The score meant something to him, I'm sure, and that it was a winning effort overall. But they know they need to get better. The Steelers know. The brass knows. They need to get better. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. 